0: Check, check. Is this thing on? It appears it is. It's Thursday night, probably Friday morning by the time you guys are listening to this, watching a shitty Thursday night football, Denver Broncos, New York Jets game. Kudos to you if you are watching that. I am flipping between that and the Major League Baseball playoffs, but I would like to point out to everybody that is listening to this. I am sure that most of you that are listening are Milwaukee Brewers fans and I am rooting for them when that game starts. However, I cannot relate to somebody that is rooting for a team that has not already advanced into the division series because the New York Yankees have already done that. But this is not a baseball podcast. This is the brother to brother podcast. And we have a special tonight, although I don't know that I necessarily feel very comfortable calling it a special because of the reason that we are here. But I'm your host. I am Jacob Westendorf here in the Game on Wisconsin studios. You can follow me on Twitter. I am at Jacob Westendorf. You can follow the network at Game on WI. And you can follow uh, the website and find everything at GameOnWI.com. And I am joined tonight by my brother, Adam Westendorf. And you can find him on Twitter at Westendorf 85 And you can catch him tonight on Friday Night Lights doing a Madden preview of this Monday's game with Tyler Grezegorik, uh Packers and Falcons. But before we get to that, Adam, how are we feeling tonight?
1: We're sad because the reason this podcast is going on is because we're talking about the news that broke that Alan Lazard is out indefinitely due to a core muscle injury.
0: Yeah. And take this for what you will. The words indefinitely obviously lead to some Google searching and, you know, Google's never been wrong. So, you know, I, I'm, I feel confident in, in looking into Google and that says that a core muscle surgery could lead to a three to eight week recovery timetable, whatever that means. I don't know. Um, You know, you're going to have to to go from there. But right now in the immediate future, the Packers are going to play now Monday night. Devontae Adams is still banged up. He returned to practice today on a a limited basis. They said that he was able to participate on uh, limited with a a hamstring injury, and he said he wouldn't go back on the field until he was 100%. That leads to some questions as to how it was going to go on Monday night. He said it was close to him being able to play on Monday Well, or excuse me, on Sunday against the Saints. So it's going to be interesting on Monday night because if he can't go, then the Packers receivers will be Marcos Valdez-Scantling, Malik Taylor, Darius Shepard, Tyler Irvin, if you want to include him. And I'm sure they'll use some elevations from the practice squad, but that does not inspire a lot of awe. Uh, With this group, it's not exactly Greg Jennings, Donald Driver, Jordy Nelson, Jermichael Finley, and Randall Cobb.
1: No, but I mean, this is going to be one of those weeks where you're blessed because the Falcons secondary isn't very good. They have a lot of injuries. They have a guy on the COVID list, the reserve list. So, I mean, if Devontae can't go, yeah, you're in trouble because you look at some of those names and some of those guys. But at the same time, I mean, you could then look for – more Bob Tanyan, more Jace Sternberger, more Aaron Jones. Maybe we'll unleash Jamal Williams finally because that was the big talking point in the offseason was he was working on his route running and his receiving. Yeah, it's not good, obviously, that you know two of your top three receivers would, could possibly not play if Devontae doesn't. We know Alan Lazard isn't playing already, but it's not a quote-unquote bad week, though. And especially with the bye week, I don't know how much they want to push Devontae either.
0: Well, LaFleur mentioned that today. He said that the bye week has no bearing on players like Kenny Clark and Devonte Adams and Josiah DeGuara and injured players. He just said, if they're healthy, they'll play. And that's encouraging to me just because I am a believer in that if you're healthy, you play. And if you're not, you don't. So that, part, that part's going to be interesting. As far as levels of concern and who the, quote, next man up is going to be, it sucks it's bad timing because Lazard, obviously, is coming off a career game. Six catches, 146 yards and a touchdown. And one of the best players on the field on Sunday night against the New Orleans Saints in a field that included accomplished players such as Aaron Jones and Alvin Kamara and Jared Cook and Drew Brees and Aaron Rodgers and players like that, obviously. And Lazard was one of the stars that shined the absolute brightest And you feel for him because take the fact that he's one of the Packers biggest contributors and how that sucks for the team out of it. You feel for him just because he's finally coming into his own and starting to see that hard work pay off and all the things that he can do uh, start to pay off into everything. So I feel for him more than anything else. As far as addressing the position, you know, you can look into some of the players they have on the practice squad, I'm going to be interested to see who they elevate. Last week, it was it was Darius Shepard uh, in the absence of Devontae Adams. He obviously remains on the roster. You look into who's on the practice squad now, you're talking about Robert Foster, who's a popular name. You've got Reggie Bagleton, who was a popular name this past offseason. Uh, you've got uh, Equinemius St. Browns on IR. He's not going to be coming back. I know a name that's resurfaced is Jake Kummerow, uh, who's on the Bills practice squad that could very easily sign him if that's something they so choose to do. But what do you expect the Packers to do now in the absence of Lazard in the immediate future? We'll talk long-term here in just a minute, but in the immediate future, what do you expect the Packers to do to try and replace Lazard just on Monday night? That's an interesting question because you don't, we're
1: not in practice. We don't get to see who, you know, Aaron likes, who Matt LaFleur likes, who Nathaniel Hackett likes, you know, in, in those situations, um, it's it's hard because I know a lot of people are clamoring for Robert Foster because he's MVS 2.0. They both have that deep speed. They're both pretty big targets. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Robert Foster, um, but I don't really think that you should be expecting much of anything from him either because they're going to go – at this point, you just got to trust Matt LaFleur to – use the players that he's comfortable with and scheme up a game plan that way, which hasn't failed them in the past. I mean, they're, they're the number one scoring offense in the league at 40.6 points a game. Now, again, I really think that it all does hinder on the status of Devonte Adams, because if they have Devonte Adams, we're not really talking about the wide receiver group then because the number one focus then goes to Devonte Adams that frees MBS back up. If Devontae Adams doesn't play, that's where the question lies then of what do they do, how do they scheme things up, and how do they get those people open then?
0: Yeah, that part's going to be the interesting part. The Packers practice squad right now includes Reggie Bagleton, Robert Foster, and they just signed Juwan Winfrey and Caleb Scott this week. Undrafted players that either have played minimal or no NFL snaps. We mentioned uh, Equinemius St. Brown is eligible to return from injured reserve after the bye, whether or not he's able to is another story at this point. I think you hit on it. You know, something that I think we kind of keep forgetting is that this offense doesn't have to look like what it did in 2011, where there's 10 receivers on the field and a quarterback is this offense looks very different and it's been very potent. And that includes, you know, it's funny how to me, the goalposts have continued to move. First it was, they only have Devonte Adams. And after the first game, it was, well, what happens if they take away Devonte? Well, then Devonte didn't really have a huge impact on the second game, and the Packers still scored 40. Well, then it was in the third game. Well, now they're playing a real defense. Well, then they played the real defense without Devonte, and they still scored almost 40 points. And honestly, if they hadn't kicked themselves a couple of times, they might have done it. And now Alan Lazard has gone from, well, he's not that good. He's a wide receiver four to this is a devastating blow. The Packers now have no depth at wide receiver. And again, like I said, the goalposts just continue to move as to what this guy is versus what he isn't and what the Packers have and what they don't. And I think what they you've seen is they continue to truck on and put players in positions to succeed. Now I'm not saying that the current receiver group that they have, if Devontae can't play on Monday and it's MBS Malik Taylor and Darius Shepard, I'm not saying that group can line up and go beat the San Francisco 49ers because I don't believe that they can. However, for the Falcons, You're asking for one game. You still have Aaron Jones. You still have Jamal Williams. You still have Tyler Urban. You still have Robert Tanyan. You still have Jay Sternberger. You still have Mercedes Lewis. Uh, You never know if you... Yeah, I I love Josiah. Uh, Maybe Josiah DeGuire comes back. He didn't participate in practice today. That's certainly a possibility that he could be somebody who comes back to Packers. And then you have John Lovett, who... He hasn't caught a pass yet of substance, but he could certainly be somebody that could make a play or two for you. And uh, let's see who's taking snaps for the Packers. It's two-time MVP Aaron Rodgers. Okay. So they have the quarterback in place too. So again, no, it's not the world beater offense. It's not ideal. I'm not saying they're in a great situation right now by not having Devonte Adams and Alan Lazard. And yes, I understand that you feel they should have drafted a wide receiver, I feel the same way. However, we're beating, kicking, destroying, setting a bomb, throwing some dynamite on top of lighting, some gasoline, throwing a match on hitting the detonator on and blowing up a dead horse at this point by talking about the fact that the Packers didn't draft wide receiver. They didn't do it. And the receiver that they signed to add to their receiving core opted out of the 2020 season. And who knows how he would have impacted this team. I know that, I, feel, I would feel a lot better right now if he was still around just because he would be an extra body at this point, but he's not around. This is the hand that you're dealt and injuries are a thing and they happen. And unfortunately uh, the Packers don't have a rookie in there, but saying that is beating a dead horse. Let's get something else out of the way. Number one, when it comes to Monday night football, the Packers are not trading for or signing a wide receiver that can help them on Monday night. That's just not going to happen. Even if they traded for, you name your superstar wide receiver, you know, if they traded, I'm not even going to speak certain names into existence. So help me think of a name. Uh, They trade for Deandre Hopkins tomorrow. He's not playing Monday night because he's probably not getting to green Bay and taking his physical. So he can't even help the team. So this is the group you have for Monday night. In the long term, before the trading deadline, can we please, let me just get this one out of the way. Can we please stop talking? Number Actually, there's two names. Number one, can we please stop talking about Antonio Brown? Antonio Brown is not playing football. He's been suspended for eight games, and he's still under the investigation for a sexual assault. Not the kind of guy the Packers are going to bring into their locker room. Not the kind of guy I want the Packers to bring into their locker room. He's human garbage. And no, thank you. Not worth it. And there's in a year, I think I've said that. I think I said this in the off season. It might've even been with you. I don't even remember in a year where you have to absolutely 100% follow to the letter of the law. We were talking Tuesday night before the Jamal Williams show. I asked, so Jamal, what are your plans for the bye week He said, I'm stuck here. He said something along the lines of no Rona for your boy, which, basically meant I'm quarantined when I'm not doing football stuff. You have any faith Antonio Brown is going to behave that way? No freaking way. Antonio Brown is not going to be a member of the Packers. He shouldn't be a member of the Packers. Packers shouldn't even entertain the idea, nor should you. Please stop. Anything to add on that?
1: No. Just, okay. No.
0: Fair enough. Let's move to the next one. That's Odell Beckham. The Browns aren't trading him. The Browns are two and one, first of all. And they've said several times we're not trading him. So I have no idea. Devontae Adams one time saying, let's make that face mask green on Instagram does not mean the Browns are going to trade him. This isn't the NBA where the player goes to the front office and says, trade me to Green Bay. And the front office just goes, okay. More often than not, when that happens, do you guys remember Brett Favre? The player at the time, the player in the history of the Green Bay Packers Walked to the front office and said, okay, you guys don't want me to be the quarterback? Fine. Trade me and I want to go to Chicago or Minnesota. And do you remember what the Packers said? No way. Traded him to the Jets. Schemed his way to Minnesota. That's a separate story. Odell Beckham's not going to be a Green Bay Packer either. They can't afford him from a salary cap standpoint. And the draft capital is going to be ridiculous in order to get him. And the willingness that some of you guys have to just punt on first and second round draft picks to me is absolutely insane. That's how you end up in a position like the New York Giants, the New York Jets, the Miami Dolphins. Am I naming great organizations right now? Wait till you guys see what happens with the Houston Texans here in a couple years. They're lucky. They should be thanking their lucky stars every single day that they lucked into Deshaun Watson. And they they have Deshaun Watson, and they still suck. They're 0-3 right now, and they play Minnesota this weekend. They might win. They might not, but they're bad. And they've punted first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick after first-round draft pick. Odell Beckham's not going to be a Packer. Uh, I don't have any desire for him to be here, too. He's another one of those guys that, whether it's his fault or not, drama seems to follow him wherever he goes. And at some point that's not everyone else's fault either. And the production that he's put up the last couple of years does not justify the headache that comes along with some of that stuff. So no, thank you on Odell Beckham. Anything to add there? You know, it's funny you bring up the the draft capital
1: and all that you guys complain all the time. I see it all the time on Twitter complaining about who the Packers did take in these drafts and blah, blah, blah. Well, well, what if you don't even have it? Then you can't even fill a roster spot with those picks. So you gave up three three total picks, four total picks, whatever it would be to get Odell Beckham, right? That's four, that's four shots for someone to be on your roster that's cheap and quality controlled. When the Packers are at a time where they need that, because, I mean, if we're looking at it, the salary cap situation in Green Bay isn't the greatest at this point. You still have to give David Bakhtiari his money eventually it there's too much smoke for them not to give Aaron Jones his money. And then Devonte Adams is coming up and then Jair Alexander is coming up. There's a lot of guys who need to be signed, If I'm not mistaken. Odell Beckham's making close to 14 or $15 million a season. That's a lot of money to be wrapped up into a position. Are you, are you okay with bringing in Odell Beckham and letting Devonte
0: Adams then walk? Plus, rookies that you could possibly bring in plus some of the other guys from the salary cap ramifications. because what would happen is you'd probably have to redo Beckham's contract if we're talking about it just the same way the Browns did the Browns had to redo Beckham's contract when they traded for him so not only are we talking about Adams you're saying would you rather have Odell Beckham or let's say two of David Bakhtiari, Jair, Alexander, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, and a first round pick and a third round pick just for an ideal or an idea for a trade. I'll take the latter and Odell Beckham's not putting this team over the top anyways, quite frankly. Um, If the Packers are going to look for help at the trading deadline, my personal hope and thought is that it's on the defensive side of the ball, whether that's, Another safety rover type player, a defensive lineman, somebody like that, maybe a linebacker, but maybe a receiver if the price is right. But you guys remember just a year ago, Mohamed Sanu was a second round pick or that was traded for a second round pick. That was one of the worst trades of the season, and he's not even in New England. They cut him a year later, not even a year later. They couldn't wait to get him out of New England. He was gone. And that was Bill Belichick. So I still can't believe that that actually happened. So I'm trying to find exactly what he did for the Patriots last year. Not while we've got all that, not much. And I know the answer was not much, but that was horrible. And currently he plays for the 49ers. Good for him. That's awesome. He Caught on somewhere.
1: Yeah. But they had to bring him in because of all their receiver injuries too. Right. That's and that's the only reason he has a job is out of necessity.
0: That's almost a perfect segue. You guys want to talk about who of the 49ers played at receiver the first four games
1: of the season? I mean, Debo Samuel being out doesn't help because he had his injury in the offseason. Brandon Ayuk didn't make his debut until last week, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, Kendrick Bourne. I mean, they just got a bunch of guys at this point. I I can't even tell you the rest of
0: their core wide receivers. Okay, and who is Matt LaFleur a disciple of?
1: Uh, Kyle Shanahan. Gotcha. And who
0: is Kyle Shanahan?
1: The head coach of the San Francisco 49ers.
0: Who is Kyle Shanahan's with the 49ers? So with Kyle Shanahan being with the 49ers, that would mean that Mohammed Sanu has – not Muhammad Sanu. I'm sorry. I'm looking at Sanu. That would mean that Matt Lafleur has some ideas potentially on something like that. So Mohammed Sanu – with the New England Patriots finished with two, 12, 14, 17, 18, 20, 23, 26 catches, and 10 of them came in one game against the Baltimore Ravens. That is absolutely horrendous for a second round pick. And that's what some of you are advocating for. Maybe not Muhammad Sanu specifically, but rental type players. And I don't even, we don't even know who those players are. Now, if you look around the landscape of the NFL currently, as far as like standings and stuff like that, who teams are going to be looking at and who is at like the bottom of the NFL right now? Just thinking that way. So if you're thinking who's at the bottom of the NFL and we get to some teams that are 0-3 that might be sellers, the Atlanta Falcons, we just talked about them a little bit. Julio Jones, they're not trading him. His, His cap hit. His dead cap hit is like a gazillion dollars. Vikings, LOL, not trading with the Packers. The Eagles are not punting on their season. The Giants don't have anybody worth acquiring, their own three. And Dave Gettleman's an idiot, so he probably wouldn't trade anybody anyways. The Bengals are trying to build around Joe Burrow. They're probably not going to do that. And honestly, the players that you're thinking about that they could possibly trade are someone like A.J. Green, probably not. The Denver Broncos, the guys they just had – Sean Hamilton was a popular name this offseason. I can't picture something like that happening. Houston, they're too invested in some of that stuff. Jacksonville is a bad team, but if you look at some of their receivers, you're talking about guys like LaVisca, Chenault, and DJ Chark. Why would they trade those guys? That's a tough spot there. The New York Jets. I mean, Adam Gase is coaching for his job, and he has a ton of power. So I struggle to see something like that happening as well. So I don't know if the Packers are trading for a receiver. I don't know who that would be. Uh, so, really, you're looking if you're looking long term, you're looking at who the Packers have right now and who they have right now and who they have going forward. And as, honestly, as long as Devontae comes back, they're fine. I think that's what it really boils down to. Could they use a second set of reliable hands? Yes, I've said that for quite some time. But who are they going to add that is realistically going to make a significant impact? I mean, did Emmanuel Sanders make a significant impact on the 49ers last year? No, no. I mean, if Jimmy Garoppolo can hit him, I guess we remember him for being a, a catch that put them ahead in the Super Bowl that they still lost. Cause Patty Mahomes was definitely giving them a game winning drive in the Super Bowl. If he caught that pass, otherwise nothing else. I mean, it's not like Emmanuel Sanders was the reason the Packers didn't go to the Super Bowl. The Packers didn't go to the Super Bowl because Raheem Mostert is still running. So Overall, this sucks for Lazard, but I think the Packers can make do. And if you look at you know, their schedule moving forward, let's just say he misses you know between three to eight games because that's what it's looking at right now. So he miss the game against Atlanta. You still think they can win that one at home? Tampa Bay, you're probably going to need to score some points, but that's after the bye. So you might get Devonte back. You might get you might have Devonte back for the Monday night game, anyways. But you'll definitely have you'll probably have Devonte back for that. Equinemia Saint Brown. Then you have Houston. And that's four weeks. Well, that's
1: technically four.
0: Weeks. Technically four. They're probably thinking three. This probably isn't one full week, but Houston, then you have Minnesota. We've seen Minnesota. Then you're looking at the 49ers. I mean, Alan Lazard, I don't think was going to make a huge difference against the 49ers. I don't know how well that game was going to go anyways. I mean, you're still looking at, even if you get to the eight week point, you're still looking at a late November, early December return for Alan Lazard. So his season is not lost. If he can make a decent, timetable in terms of recovery so that's positive now can the Packers do some things to improve their roster sure but overall I think this offense is fine is Aaron Jones healthy is Aaron Rodgers healthy is David Bakhtiari healthy is Devontae Adams healthy those are the big ones as long as they are and Adams appears to be relatively healthy and ready to roll then we're good so any final thoughts real quick on the receiver position the pass catchers as a whole before we wrap
1: you, brought, you said earlier about, you know, if there was a rookie in here, how do we know that rookie would be ready to step up into a spot like this and, you know, be good to go? That's another question that everyone's clamoring for. You know, they should have drafted a receiver. They should have. You're right. They should have. But how do we know that player X would have been ready to go by this time? You've seen how the Packers have handled their rookies since Gutekunst has been the GM they slow play them. So what makes you think four weeks into the year, they're ready to go.
0: That's another thing. So I wrote that story for Packer report earlier this week. And it was basically talking about how everybody said, Oh, AJ Dillon, AJ Dillon. Why wasn't AJ Dillon in on fourth and one against the saints. And my thought was essentially that the Packers, their only day one starter since Guttekunst took over as a general manager was Darnell Savage. Their only big contributors other than Darnell Savage or Elton Jenkins and Jair Alexander. That's it. Josh Jackson became one, but that wasn't really by preference. That was an injury situation. Rashawn Gary didn't. Jay Sternberger really didn't. There just wasn't a lot there. So whoever those rookies are, and there have been some productive rookies early. T. Higgins has had a nice start to his career. Um, Justin Jefferson. But the thing about the Justin Jefferson thing is very simple. Again, you're talking about a situation where the Packers – couldn't have made a trade for him that was fiscally responsible. You're talking about having to move up to pick number 19 or 20. And you're talking about probably giving up a first round pick next season, two first round picks for a wide receiver. I would have struggled with that because the Eagles probably weren't trading from 21 down. And then you have Minnesota in two of the next three picks. They're not trading with the Packers and they're the team that ended up taking Jefferson. And I have a relatively good suspicion. And based on what we've read is that the 49ers knew that the Packers loved Brandon Ayuk, And that's why they moved up to take him. And I do wonder if the Packers were going to take Brandon Ayuk before the 49ers did. And then once the Niners did, that's when it became that pick was going to be Jordan love. So whether or not that rookie was going to be able to step in and go right away, I think that's what, you know, the Devin Funches signing has been all about. And some of what you see, what Gudukunst has done is throw some veterans at some certain spots. So That's been interesting how those rookies are going to go. You know, I don't know. Like I said, that's beating the living hell out of a dead horse at this point. Stop. It's already dead. And we got to let that go because honestly, I said this after they won and we said this after they won against New Orleans because all everybody could talk about after they beat New Orleans was how Justin Jefferson had this huge game. And Justin Jefferson's awesome. I loved him coming into that draft. I hate that he's a Minnesota Viking because he's going to be awesome. I loved Michael Pittman. There were so many good receivers in this draft that I liked loved even on some just mentioned two of them. Can we stop worrying about what this team doesn't have and start celebrating what they do? they are a three and O football team and arguably the best team in the NFC. And Alan Lazard not being in the lineup doesn't change that. So that's my final thought on that. Thank you guys for listening to this special edition of the brother to brother podcast. Hopefully we have a better one for you the next time around, but the Packers will play Monday night. We will be live for you on Tuesday morning. After the game goes final on Monday, Adam will be live with you guys tonight with Tyler Rezogorik doing the Friday Night Lights Madden simulation preview. And Sunday, well, actually, no, the game's not on Sunday. Saturday, I will be doing Pulse of the Pack with Jason, Paul, and we have Bart Winkler from 105.7 The Fan joining us to talk a little Packers and Falcons. So that should be fun. And of course, every Tuesday, we have Jamal Williams with Jimmy Christensen and myself. And it is a show for the J Swag Daddy Swag Bag Giveaway, a toy and bicycle drive for underprivileged children. All of the proceeds go towards charity. We have a goal of $5,000 and we've gotten almost one-fifth of the way there within the first 10 days of this. So we're excited for that. We're excited to see some things. Want to thank our sponsors, such as the Lakefront Brewery, as well as Johnsonville. Uh, They've given us a free or not a free, I'm sorry, a case of beer that you guys are going to be able to have a chance to win every other week or every so often. We haven't quite figured out how we're going to do that yet. And uh, two one-year supplies of free sausage. So any $10 donation that you guys have is a entry into that drawing and gives you guys a chance to win. And of course, want to thank our friends over at Wisconsin Sports Heroics. Those are guys that if you can't get enough Packers Sports and Wisconsin sports in general, they got a lot of different stuff. There's some really cool things you guys want to check out on Twitter. One of my personal favorite things is the uh, videos that Nathan and I'm sorry, Nate, I'm going to butcher your last name, but Marizon, Marzion. I I really don't know. I'm gonna have to get you to tell me how to pronounce your name, but it's wiSportsHeroics.com, and his videos are awesome. Uh, the Victory Monday stuff has been really cool that he's been able to do, and he does a lot of stuff with the Bucks and. It's all Wisconsin sports all the time. So be sure to check them out. They're friends of our network. Uh, that's WISportsheroics.com. Uh, But, and you can find all of our stuff game on Wisconsin game Got a lot of stuff coming to your guys way. Find us on YouTube, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that fun stuff. Thank you guys for listening. Of course. And as always go pack. Go.